Welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me on 94.1 FM Wave 94, Dr. Edith Davis. Spiritual believers and listeners, I have been doing a series on how to divorce-proof your marriage. And I want to say that this is something very, very critical, especially during 2020. Actually, domestic violence rose during 2020. Divorces rose during 2020. Why? Because of the, the extra stress that was brought on by COVID-19. This was an, an additional stressor on marriages. And so, Daddy God, you hey, Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Holy Spirit, had downloaded to me how you could divorce-proof your marriage, which was amazing since I am divorced and I, I, I failed, correct? So, I, you know, think that God could probably pick someone better than me, but he did say he picks the foolish things in life to confound the wise. And I am definitely in, in the category of being married was a foolish thing. So, let's do a brief recap of some of the major fundamental things that you need to be on the lookout. And then we're going to go a little bit deeper into how to divorce Prove your marriage. Number one, you need to understand that your marriage has an enemy and his name is Satan. And he's coming to steal, kill and destroy your marriage. Yes. Number two, when you were dating, you were dating your, your spouse's representative. They were at their very best. They were, they dressed their very best. They smelled their very best. They talked the very best men at that time. They're very interested in talking to their future wives and giving them all that time and attention. Why? Because they're trying to get you to marry them, right? They want you to marry them. And so women need a lot of communication and men are willing to give their future wives lots of communication until they get married. And so what we need to understand is, is that the representative, you need to find out who the real person is that you are dating. You need to make sure that you experience the highs and the lows and you need to make sure that you are marrying the end of the real person, not the representative. The other thing that God taught me about how to divorce proof your marriage was supernatural sex, which most people on planet Earth probably have not had it. It can only be you can only have it in the covenant of marriage. And even in people in the covenant of marriage, some in most cases don't have supernatural sex. It's the coupling in the spirit realm. It's the coupling in the soul realm, the mind, the will, the emotions. It's the coupling in the body. So supernatural sex it is the healing balm of Gilead. It is one of the things that God uses to heal some of the wounding that you receive by being in such close contact with another human being in such an intimate way. And then, of course, there are the four laws 
of love, which you don't want to violate so that you can have a divorce-proof marriage, right? The law of priority. Marriage is, your marriage is number one. It's over your, all the other relationships, the mother and your parents' relationship, your children's relationship, your job. Your marriage is critical. As a matter of fact, I was talking to um, um, a good friend of mine, and I was telling him about how I can look at the relationship between the man and the woman, and I can tell by the disposition and the the continence of the woman on whether or not the man is a, is good for that woman. So you get married sometimes, and the woman just flourishes. She she's like a flower, right? She just blossoms. Well, that's because the sun, the sun S O N Christ Jesus, is radiating through her husband and just nurturing her and cherishing her and living with her with with understanding. But then there are some people that get married and the woman goes, gets worse and worse and worse. She doesn't look anything like she looked like when she first got married. And, and so that tells you that, that that husband is, that the son, the S-O-N, Christ Jesus, is not radiating through him and nurturing um, his wife. And it's the same thing for the, for the wife um, to the husband, Right. You want your your husband to prosper. You want your husband to be a success. And so you must let the love of Christ Jesus radiate through you. So the law of priority is that your spouse is number one, right? The law of priority. Then the second law of love is the law of pursuit. You must continue the things you did in dating must be continued in the marriage. You still need to go out on date nights. You still need to try to look your best. You still need to try to work out and keep yourself. To, you, you still need to nurture and cherish, need to let your spouses know that they are number one. Um, they are, they, you know, they are the one and only um, person for you. There is no other person that um, that can come before you. I was like, wow. So I was looking at, um, you know, one of the things I think that would, you know, most women would just melt if they heard their future um, spouses or even their, their present day spouse um, say certain things to them, right? So I was thinking, I said, you know, it's it's important that that you um, love your spouse and continue doing finding out what their love language is and there's a whole book on various love languages. Um, but yeah, it's it's important that you basically love your spouse, love them to the point that they know. That you will never leave them, that you will never forsake them, that you will always be there for them. And so we we need to have the law of pursuit. You continue doing the things that you did to 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 get your spouse to fall in love with you. 
those things can't stop once you get married. And unfortunately, when we get married, you know, there's there's after a period of time, you take each other for granted. You treat each other like siblings, like brothers or sisters, or even worse, like your mother. Treat your wife like she's your mother or treat your husband like he's your father. Your husband's not your father. Your wife is not your mother, right? Your mother and father love you unconditionally. And your wife should love you unconditionally, too. And the husband should love you unconditionally. But that's not how you started off, right? So it's a different relationship. So second law, the law of pursuit. The third law is the law of partnership, right? You are co-heirs in Christ Jesus. You are partners, right? You are partners. And you are equal in the eyes of God. Now, you have different roles and responsibilities. But as far as God's concerned, you are co-heirs in Christ Jesus. So the law of partnership. So there shouldn't be no purchases, no major purchases, that is, without consulting your spouse, right? Your spouse should be involved in all the decisions about finances, all the decisions about how to handle the children, all the decisions of life should be as co-partners. And then the fourth law and the final law of love that helps keep your marriage divorce-proof is the law of purity. And of course, the most obvious thing is, you know, not having sex with anyone else, but it's bigger than that. It's basically keeping your mind pure and clean, and the enemy is always going to try to have you think sometime the worst of your spouse. The enemy is also going to always try to set things up, right? So you've got to deal with that as well. So you have to keep your mind pure, your heart pure, reading the word, washing yourself with the word and washing your spouse with the word, whatever. I just love the story of Pastor Bill and and Veronica Winston. You know, Pastor Winston, you know, prayed Proverbs um, 31 over his wife. And now he has a marriage made in what? Heaven, right? Okay. So there's a lot of wonderful um, things that God has set up to help protect the marriage. And why? Why is the marriage so important? Well, God is a very generational God. And legacies and generations come out of the marriage, right? And the other thing is, is that a couple, a man and woman of God, totally in alignment with God's word, in alignment with Christ Jesus, they, their minds are the mind of Christ. Their, their will is entwined with the will of the Father, the will of the Son, and the will of the Lord God, Holy Spirit. And their emotions are bathed with the blood of Jesus. So they don't let their emotions run them. They let the word of God, they let the spirit of God run them. They can do anything. They could turn this whole planet into a Garden of Eden. So that is why the enemy pounds and pounds and pounds marriages, right? Because 
It represents God. It is the image of God. The man and the woman in alignment with Christ Jesus is an image of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Lord God, Holy Spirit. So that's a brief recap of some of the major points. So let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. So you you met somebody. You're very interested in them. And so you go through the exploratory stage of friendship. I think that all relationships must have the foundation of friendship. Friendship is critical. You must genuinely like this individual and not get it blurred with sexual attraction. So you don't want it blurred with what? Sexual what? Attraction. The other interesting thing um, that you need to understand is that once you have the foundation, a solid foundation of friendship, then you ask the Holy Spirit, why should you pursue go further than that? Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows all things, including if this man or woman is the one for you. Also, the Lord God Holy Spirit knows what the, your future spouse is going to be like after a year of marriage, after five years of marriage, after 10 years of marriage, after 30 years of marriage, after 50 years of marriage, after 75 years of marriage. The Lord God Holy Spirit knows this. He knows what is going to be coming your way in your marriage. And he will help you. The whole Christ Jesus will help you. Daddy God, you will help you as you do as you do your life's journey together. So it is very, very critical that you ask the Holy Spirit, should we pursue becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. I recently started dating after seven years of being for my divorce. And I have a rule. I only date potential husbands. So it's been very, um, very interesting because now I get to practice what I preach. And the first thing I did when this gentleman, this man of God I met at church, um, showed an interest in me beyond just being a friend, is that there will be no sexual intercourse prior to marriage. And even if we get engaged, which is way down the road, I mean, we're still working on the fundamentals of friendship and the beginning stages of dating, there will be no sexual intercourse while we're engaged There will only be sexual intercourse Once we get married Now Now we got the other issue We got to deal with You don't want to marry someone Just to have sexual intercourse Marriage is bigger than that Right So So I'm actually walking the talk Right You got to walk what you talk And you, it's the, this is the time where we've got to get to know each other and you've got to be on alert for the red flags. And obviously, 
in my case and in this gentleman's case, we have both been married before, and so we have certain triggers. So you got to figure out what those triggers are that, you know, kind of make you think, oh, I don't want to make this mistake. Maybe I'm damaged goods, and, um, you know, and I don't want to mess this person up because I really like this person. Maybe we should just be friends. So you're going to have to work through that with the help of the Holy Spirit, right? So the first criterion when you are in the friendship zone and in the beginning stages of dating is you've got to get find out where they are spiritually for real. Because like I said, the first level is spiritual. If you're not in alignment spiritually, you shouldn't go too much further. I know a lot of people say, well, you know, I can win them to Christ and all this, but wisdom says, no, if you're not equally yoked spiritually, and when I say equally yoked, I don't mean just you're saved and you belong to Jesus Christ and I'm saved and I belong to Jesus Christ. No, it's deeper than that. Now we want to, I want to know, are you a disciple of Christ? For me, I'm looking for someone who's a disciple. Someone is sold out to the kingdom of God, who's ready to do the father's business. Right. So that's what I'm looking for. So the spiritual level must be addressed first. You must be in alignment and you have to pray for not to be deceived, not to fall into deception. Right. So this is very very, very important. And then, of course, once you are in alignment on the spiritual level, then now we have to address the soul realm, which is the activity of the mind, the activity of the will, and the activity of your emotions. So now you have to see, does for me, does that person have the mind of Christ? I, I I want the mind of Christ. I'm working on having the mind of Christ. I read the word. I bathe myself with the word of God. I want the mind of Christ, and I want that individual to have the mind of Christ. Now, of course, I have a doctorate. I have a couple of masters. I have a bachelor's. I have a doctorate from Baylor University um, in curriculum instruction, science education and research. I have a master's from the University of Texas in Austin, an MBA in marketing and management. I have uh, a master's from Stanford University in geophysics, right? I have a bachelor's of science in geology with a minor in mathematics with heavy concentration in physics, chemistry, biology, um, marine science, Thing, earth and space science, right? So, but guess what? That don't mean a hill of beans to me. What's important to me is, does this individual have the mind of Christ? Because the mind of Christ is the most, the highest, the highest level of intellect, intellect is the mind of Christ Jesus. So this person may not have any degrees at all. May not even have a high school diploma. But if they have the mind of Christ, their, their mind is superior to Albert Einstein's mind, right? So the mind, you need to actually look at, do they have the mind of Christ? Do they think the things of God? Are they looking at things through the eyes of God? Or do they have a biblical, a biblical perspective of the world, a biblical worldview. 
That's what I'm looking for, right? And then the next step is now we have to work on the will. And this, once again, is God makes his will very clear through his word. There was a, my, one of the first scriptures that God gave me to memorize many, many, many years ago was trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It shall be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And I meditated on that one day. I just meditated on it. I said, okay, trust in the Lord. So that means if I got to trust in the Lord, that means I'm going to be put in a position where I don't have all the facts or I don't see everything that's going on. I must trust God that I, he will guide me the right way. And he says, trust the Lord, not trust your job, not trust your bank account, not trust your spouse, not trust your children, not trust your girlfriend. Trust in who? The Lord. Then the next thing I thought about when I thought about that, I said, and um, trust in the Lord with all my heart. So the heart is what? The soul realm. That's the activity of the mind, the will and the ocean. So I trust the Lord with all my heart, with my heart and my spirit. Trust him with all my heart. That means my mind needs to be filled with the word of God and pulled down vain imaginations, right? I've got to do that. And then I've got to make sure that my will is in alignment with God's will. And I've got to make sure that my emotions are bathed with the blood of Jesus. And I've got to make sure that I don't let my emotions rule me. I was telling um, um, the gentleman that I've been recently dating, I told him, I said, I like you a lot. You know, I think I'm basically falling in love with this guy. So I, but I told him this, I said, let me let me let me explain something to you. I don't care how much my emotions are wrapped up in you. If the Holy Spirit, Christ Jesus, the Father, Daddy God, you ain't by come to me and say, cut it off, you will be cut off. Yes, my heart will be broken. I will cry and boo-hoo. And I don't want to do it. But I've learned, I've learned if God the Holy Spirit Daddy God, you ain't by it. Lord God, Christ Jesus, tell me to cut something. It's got to be cut. So I let that individual know that that's, I'm not ruled by my emotions. My emotions will not make decisions for me. And that's, that's how I'm going to live my life, the latter, my latter days of my life. So I was basically practicing what I've been preaching, right? And of course, passions come into play. You can become very passionate with someone, and but you have the fruits of the Spirit. And guess what? There's a fruit called self-control. Against such, there is no law. You got to tap into this fruit of self-control, right? Okay, so, so as, I, as I walk through this process... And and, in dating, I think that it's it's very exciting because as I go through the the trust in the Lord all at heart and do not rely on my own insight, that means 
I can't look at things through the perspective or through the lens of this world, or I can't look at it through sight. Because I'm not going to walk in this world carnal. I'm going to be a spirit walker. And when you're a spirit walker, you walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I'm going to walk in faith in this relationship, not on the carnal, not on sight, right? Which is interesting because most times when you're dating, you're dating someone that is attractive. And of course, this individual is very attractive to me, right? However, that is not what attracted me to him. Not that he was, he's attractive. What attracted me to him was his spirit. He has the Holy Spirit and he has the mind of Christ. And he has sold himself out to Christ Jesus. So he has the anointing and the anointing draws me, right? So as I as I go through this practicing what I preach and this new thing called a relationship and I haven't really dated anybody for almost 7 years. So it's uh, it's I'm making sure that all this wisdom, all these downloads that God has put in me, I will not waste them. I will bear fruit in this area for Daddy God, Yuhei Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Holy Spirit. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. So I'm not going to be wise in my own eyes, right? And I'm not going to be wise in my own eyes. I'm going to ask for wisdom every day. I ask for the wisdom of God. I said, God, please give me your wisdom. Give me your insight. Give me your understanding. Give me your knowledge. Give me your spirit of the fear of the Lord. Give me your spirit of might and your spirit of counsel and discernment of spirits. Right. I need that in order to walk in this relationship because I'm want, if I'm going to invest time in this individual, this is a potential husband. And therefore, I want, if we do get married, I want my marriage to be divorce proofed, right? So trust in the Lord with all my heart and do not rely on my own insight, but in all my ways, acknowledge you and you shall make straight my path. So I thought to myself, I said, Lord, how do I acknowledge you in all my ways? Well, real easy. Where every aspect of my life, including my sexual sexuality, including my sex life, everything has to be go through the word of God. That's how you acknowledge God in all your ways. You align your life up with the word of God. About eating, about drinking, about being pure and keeping yourself unto the Lord until you get married and in the marriage bed. About your thought life, about um, walking in kindness with people, being, um, being a, having a servant heart, right? All of those things. Right? Being truthful, being honest, being transparent. All of those things are important when you are dating, right? Because this may be your potential 
husband. And you want that marriage to be divorce proof. So you trust in the Lord with all your heart and you do not rely on your own insight and in all your ways acknowledge him. You acknowledge God by looking at your life and making sure your life is in alignment with his holy word. And then your life is going to be straight. The path of your life will be straight. You will not suffer a divorce, right? Right? So trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall make straight your path it will be refreshment to your body it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones it will have physical physical implications you will look younger <laughs> that's right you don't have to have a face. You will look younger physically in the soul realm and in the spirit realm. Healing, healing, healing in your body. Well, we will continue this dialogue about how to divorce proof your marriage. And we're going to go into the deep things of God on what we need to do to divorce proof your marriage. But I don't want to end this broadcast without saying Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Into the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94, Dr. Edith Davis. To be overcome by your presence